We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gets it, spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I am your host for tonight, Justin, as the Thunder fall to the Los Angeles Lakers. By a score of 1-1-1 to 1-1-6. Before we dive in, I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you don't already, be sure to subs- be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. You'd think for as many times as I do this, I'd learn how to say the word subscribe. But it's up there with peculiar as far as words I cannot pronounce. Tonight, the Thunder, a big game in terms of play-in race in Los Angeles. Their third straight game in Los Angeles after the two straight against the Clippers. Oklahoma City comes up short. Lakers take the tiebreaker. Lakers take a one-game lead over the Thunder in the current standings. It was a big game to me. Feels like one of the biggest in a while. Oklahoma City comes up short. I got five takeaways. They're going to be a little weird tonight, so bear with me. Then we're going to go through the game, a little bit of a game summary. Then I'll break down the takeaways. We'll figure out where to go from here. Takeaway number one, the play-in picture. Number two, disjointed defense. Takeaway number three, the youths. Takeaway number four, Jay Dud. And takeaway number five, thank God we're not the Mavs. Let's dive into a game summary. Game tonight, uh, shortly before tip-off, Lakers rule out D'Angelo Russell. No LeBron, as we know. Feels like maybe uh, a good sign for the Thunder. Feels like an opportunity. An opportunity instead for Anthony Davis. The Thunder get absolutely punched in the face 
and the gut and the kneecaps in the first quarter. They're outscored 41 to 25. It happened early and it sustained throughout pretty much the whole quarter. Anthony Davis feasted. He was unbelievable. Oklahoma City had nobody they could throw at him. It's been a persistent issue, obviously. Uh, there's a certain seven-footer posting free seven on, on Instagram who could have come in handy, but alas, he is not playing. And the Thunder have nobody to slow down Anthony Davis, who just destroys the Thunder in the first quarter. Combined with, the Lakers got a lot of open threes. A lot of open threes. Open threes and an unobstructed Anthony Davis is a recipe for a lot of bad things for an opponent. And that's exactly what happened to the Thunder in the first quarter. But in typical Thunder fashion, they fight back. This team never says die. They got down by as many as 17 points, but they fight back. The second quarter after giving up 41 in the first, they score 41 on the second uh, sorry, in the second quarter on the Lakers. Oklahoma City um, does give up 74 points in the first half, which is the most points given up in a half this season for OKC. But they did what they have done all season. When they are being successful, they're getting stops on defense and they're pushing the ball in transition. I felt like that second quarter and into the third, when they were when they were finding success, it was by doing that. The problem was they, they couldn't get enough stops tonight. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But when Oklahoma City was able to get out in transition, they got some nice buckets. Uh, they they hit, they warmed up a little bit from three in the second quarter. I think the ball movement looked decent. You had some nice, nice minutes from Dort, nice minutes from JRE, guys who've not had a ton of nice minutes for the Thunder as of late. It's, it's lovely to see that. And that was a big reason why the Thunder were able to cut that deficit in half in the second quarter. Then the third quarter, they do it again. They take that eight-point halftime deficit and turn it into just one heading into the fourth. They slowly fought their way back throughout the quarter and then really turned on the gas at the end, a 7-0 run to end the quarter, a flurry of scoring. And it feels like, all right, whole new ball game. Oklahoma City's down one heading to the fourth. It's kind of a textbook Thunder game. We've seen that many times this season. It looked like it was potentially setting up for it again. Oklahoma City has a ridiculous number of 15 plus point comebacks this season. The table was set for another one. But instead, Oklahoma City um, struggles down the stretch. It stayed close for most of the fourth quarter. I mean, they only lose by five. It was close the whole time. But Oklahoma City, I, I believe it was tied with five minutes left at 102. And really down the stretch, some sloppy turnovers by OKC, some missed baskets. Dennis Schroeder going off on anyone's bingo card? Probably not on mine. And then the same as the first quarter, Anthony Davis. No answer for AD. And that does it for the Thunder. We saw a little bit of uh, the youth coming through tonight. We had some rough performances across the board. One of those games where some decent performances, but no great performances. And I think that's that that doomed OKC. This stretch of great basketball they've had has had some superstar level performances as part of it. Oftentimes multiple. Not the case tonight. Not the case. So as depressing as that rundown was, I'm going to start 
with takeaway number one as the play-in picture. Thunder fans are mad. My mentions on Twitter, the pods mentions on Twitter after the game, rough. And you know what? Kind of feels nice. Kind of feels nice to be pissed after a loss. After just like, eh, oh well. And it's, it's you can be rightfully pissed. Like, I think this was a game the Thunder could have, should have won. This was a very important game in the standings. They could have had a tiebreaker over the Lakers. They would have had position over the Lakers. It was an important game, and the Thunder couldn't capitalize. But let's look at the bigger picture. Let's pull back. I'm not trying to sunshine pump. I'm just trying to kind of zoom out from a single game against the Lakers on March 25th, 2023, and look at the total season picture and what's remaining. On our weekly show uh, last Sunday, we're talking about, you know, what do we realistically think the Thunder kind of get through this stretch? The, the, a tough stretch of basketball for OKC. Phoenix at the Clippers two times in a row. And then that's that final game, second night of a back-to-back, uh, third game in four nights against the Los Angeles Lakers. That's a tough stretch of basketball. If you had told me a week ago, Oklahoma City goes two and two in that stretch, I take that every day of the week. I'm pretty sure I predicted one and three a week ago. Two and two is great. That's a great outcome from that stretch. What makes it hurt is knowing that it could have been three and one and was very attainably three and one. But two and two is great. Looking at the bigger picture, two and two is solid because the next four, Portland, who is pulling all the tank levers, Charlotte, who sucks, Detroit, who sucks, Indiana, who kind of sucks. Those are four winnable games for the Thunder. Does that mean the Thunder will go 4-0? Maybe not. Does that mean they need to go 4-0? Probably not. But that's an easier stretch of games than what they just came through. Looking at how the standings are going to shake out, like this thing is still a complete logjam in the play-in position in the Western Conference. The four games they just survived at two and two, excellent. Next four, they have the opportunity to make some headway, to climb a little bit, to get back to where they were before these last two losses. Think how good you were feeling two games ago before the Clippers lost, before the Lakers lost. Conceivably, after the next four games, you could be in that same position again. The pendulum swings hard and it swings fast. However, Following the easy stretch of four, Oklahoma City closes with a moderate, high-moderate stretch of games. Phoenix again at Golden State. Those two are both going to be tough. At Utah, who knows? Who knows what Utah's doing in the second-to-last game of the season? And then versus Memphis, who knows what Memphis is doing the last game of the season? Not for the same reasons. Maybe their play-ins, or maybe their, their playoff position is locked and they're resting guys. That last four games could be interesting. KJ in the chat feels like 41 and 41 is what it is. If you look at, you know, the remaining games, I think 41 and 41 is really, really attainable. And if 40 and 40, sorry, 41 and 41 is the record that gets you in the play in. It kind of feels like it does. I think we can look at the bigger picture, which is why I'm starting with this, 
and feel all right about our play-in aspirations. All that to say, a game they should have won, a game they could have won, but not the end of the world. The play-in race was not decided in Los Angeles tonight. So let's talk about this game a little bit more. Enough about the future. Let's talk about tonight. Tonight, takeaway number two, disjointed defense. If you're going to have AD feasting on the inside, don't give up wide open threes all night. If you're going to give up wide open threes all night, don't let AD feast inside. The combination of the two going to get you beat every time. And that's my struggle with the Thunder tonight. The communication on covering either one of those facets of the of the defensive side of the ball, not great. You have Jay Will, who, God bless him, love him, couldn't do anything against AD. Diggs played him a lot. Jay Will gets 27 minutes tonight. Compare that to 17 minutes for JRE. Um, did any other post players play? Not really. J Dub 38. J Dub had some some time on AD. No Sarich. No Sar. No Poku. I may have had my hopes up for a little Poku action tonight. He was available. No Poku. That's a tough task. J Will was not up for it tonight. His defense is well documented. You know, um, not super strong in the post. He's not He's not a big guy. He's big enough for this Thunder team, but he's not big enough to go toe-to-toe with AD. Combine that with what the whatever the Thunder were doing on the perimeter, which was over-helping and leaving people wide open, which was going under screens, looking at you, J-Will, um, just leaving guys wide open. Anybody can hit wide open threes if you give them that much space. And the Lakers took advantage. Credit to them for taking advantage tonight. The final numbers, 35% from three for the Lakers, 12 of 34. Like the numbers don't blow you off the page. But if you watch the game, you saw it. You saw how many times the Lakers just had a wide open look at the basket from behind the arc. And I would say a majority of those 12 that they put in were from defensive breakdowns. Then you look at points in the paint. LA 54 points in the paint. Anthony Davis tonight. I haven't actually said his stats. 37 points off 15 of 21 shooting with 15 boards on top of that. A monster night. A monster night from AD. You combine those two things together, going to be tough. Oklahoma City, who has hung their hat on defense this season, didn't show it tonight. If Oklahoma City wants to get in the play-in, if they want to find success in the play-in, they cannot have defensive performances like they had tonight. Lots of opportunity to grow and learn from this performance, but they need to do exactly that. Takes me to point number three. Takeaway number three, the youths. The youths were on full display tonight. In addition to the defensive breakdowns, there was some late-game sloppiness really across the board. Giddy, who had a pretty solid game overall, really airmailed an inbounds pass to J-Dub that would have been an easy layup. He had the cut. He saw it. He just couldn't place it. 
You had defensive lapses late on Schroeder and Anthony Davis, like I just mentioned. You had just complete whiffing on wide-open three-pointers across the board. Like, everybody on this team had an opportunity to hit a big three late, it seemed, and nobody could take advantage of it. Uh, Shea, J-Dub, Giddy, Joe, all of them had opportunities to have a moment. They couldn't capitalize on it. Tonight was one of those times where the youth really shines through. I think when Oklahoma City's playing well, it's so easy to get hyped about how well they're playing, how young they are, how ahead of schedule they are, how promising they are. A night like tonight kind of pulls you back down, pulls you back down to earth a little bit, shows you the volatility of a team that's this young. You put this team in a play-in scenario, which is like, you know, what's fun about the play-in is it's almost like March Madness, right? Every game matters. It's, It's minute decisions can have huge impacts. It's not like a seven game series. The Thunder in the play-in could be super fun or super frustrating. It's going to be fun because it's it's a it's an arrival. If they get in to the play-in, it's going to be super awesome. They could piss the bed. And that's not a knock on them. It's just a nature of being the second youngest team in the NBA, right? That's just comes with the territory. They could lay an egg. And we saw a little bit of that tonight. They gave themselves a chance, but I think their youth down the stretch and execution really left things open for the Lakers to capitalize on. That's the kind of stuff that the Thunder are going to keep working through. The poise that they showed to fight in this game, to stay in this game that continually keeps them in games that you saw down the stretch against the Clippers when they were in a really tight game and they came out on top. That stuff is awesome. This stuff is still there. The goal of this team is to refine and refine and improve in small increments to try to remove some of this type of stuff from their system as they move forward. So as they become a more veteran team, as they continue to find their place in the playoffs as a permanent fixture, which I believe they will for many years to come, this is the type of stuff that you've got to kind of work through and work out of your system. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Looking at some of the stat lines, I do want to talk about some of them. Isaiah Joe, two points, O of three from the floor, O of three from behind the arc. Rough stretch of games from Joe. You want to look at at 
where some of these struggles have come from, you can look right there. Joe has been hot when the Thunder are playing well. Joe has not been hot in the last two games. Rough stretch uh, for Isaiah Joe, and he's not alone. Usman Jang, two minutes, zero points. I would have liked to see a little more than two minutes tonight. Um, what you going to do? I don't get paid to make those decisions. Lindy Waters, 18 minutes, six points, two of four from behind the arc, hit a couple big threes, but again, just kind of a flat performance. Aaron Wiggins, 12 minutes. Would have liked to see more than 12. Just like Ooze, I, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more minutes from those two. Six points from Wiggs. Not a big contribution. The starters played really heavy minutes tonight. I don't know if it was just because it was a, a playoff-esque rotation and we're kind of shortening the bench. I thought there were opportunities to maybe change things up. Like I mentioned, uh, the starters, it's not like they were blowing things out of the water. Some interesting, interesting uh, rotation choices made tonight. But the next one we have to talk about, and it makes me sad, Jay Dud. Jalen Williams, I thought, could have had, you know, a big game tonight. Nine points in 38 minutes off three of 10 shooting. 0 of two from behind the arc. Five boards, two assists, one steal. He can fill it up in many different categories. Scoring was not one of them tonight. We've seen this a few times over the past probably week or two from J-Dub, where he was on a just blazing hot, superstar trajectory for a while and that was when the thunder are playing their best is when you have a superstar performance from a first year rookie in j-dub that's gonna that's gonna make things look real good if you're the thunder but when he plays like this it stands out and i think missing those contributions that level of contribution from j-dub the level of contribution that makes you start talking him into rookie of the year the level of contribution that makes you forget that he wasn't the number two overall pick, that the number two overall pick is sitting on the bench and throwing down windmill dunks in, in pregame, I might add. When he has those level performances, the Thunder go to a whole new plane. When he plays like this, and like he has a couple times recently, it's tough. He's a rookie, just like a, just like we've talked about with, with all things tonight. It's part of the growing process. It's part of the learning process. I don't think there's anything like long-term to be concerned about. What you need from J-Dub, if you're going to rely on him, is more consistent output. You don't need him to go 30 points one game and six the next. You want closer to, you know, 15 points every night. I think, yeah, amen in the chat. Two obligatory chat mentions. I can't help it. I'm looking for any positives tonight and a windmill chat dunk in pregame. Sounds great. Tough, tough performance from J-Dub. You hope he can turn it around. Again, that upcoming stretch, I think, is going to be big for the team. I think it's going to be big for J-Dub. Portland, Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana should give J-Dub lots of chances to come out and flex. I've had three of my four points. Not great, Bob. Jif. Let's talk about some highlights. Josh Giddy, I mentioned it. 27 points for Giddy. 12 of 24 shooting, 2 of 6 from behind the arc, 17 boards, and 7 assists as uh, 
a man in the chat points out three assists away from another box of Tim Tams for me. So close. He's such a tease this season. Giddy played solid. He had some really nice plays. The one at late in the game, the missed inbounds was pretty loud. Kind of sticks in your mind a little bit, but overall solid game from Giddy volume feels a little high, 24 shots, 27 points. You don't love that. And I think that's kind of the theme for everyone on the Thunder is like even guys that played well, it was just kind of like a, eh, well, you know, nobody was jumping off the stat sheet, but a solid performance from Josh Giddy. Similarly from Shea, 27 points in 36 minutes off nine of 22 shooting, one of three from behind the arc, eight assists and five boards to go with one steal and one block. He does Shea stuff, some incredible finishes at the basket, some really nice step backs, some maybe probably push-offs in the lane that got Lakers fans upset he spaghetti. He does what he does. He's an incredible player. Not his most efficient night. You know, late, late in the game, a lot of those missed threes were Shea. Felt like Shea was trying to get that, like, hero shot. I don't know if he, he was feeling it too much being in the Crypto.com arena. He had that heroic moment from the L in Lakers. Maybe he's trying to recreate that by hitting that like big go-ahead three. It just wasn't falling. And I think that that hurt his overall numbers at the end of the game, but I think it was indicative of kind of how the Thunder were attacking this thing. Lou Dort, 15 points, 5 of 12 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3, which is great. A great, great night from behind the arc from Lou Dort. He's not shot well on the road. Uh, our guy Jacob actually tweeted about it. He, he talked about it a little bit um, on his post game last night. He tweeted about it as well. The splits between Dort at home and on the road since All-Star break are pretty jarring. Dort has not found his offense on the road tonight. Five of 12, meh. Five of eight from behind the arc is great. His finishing at the rim was a little spotty tonight. But the three-point shooting, if he can find that more consistently on the road, that's another thing that, again, you get that level of performance from him that you can count on, especially on the road. That's going to go a long way to elevate this team. And the last one I want to touch on, JRE. Um, I thought JRE was hit or miss, but offensively, I thought he played really nicely tonight. And it was good to see him kind of have a bounce-back game on any side of the floor. He's just not looked like himself since coming back from injury. 14 points for JRE. Five of six from the floor, two of three from behind the arc with three boards. Not a stellar defensive performance. Not a lot you can do when AD is feasting like you're not going to put Jerry on him. Like That's just not going to go well. Not that J-Will went well either. But, I, I mean, it's understandable why Jerry only played 17 minutes. I think... uh Nice to see him have an offensive bounce back performance. I want to see him continue to do that because he was playing some good basketball before he got hurt. Point number five, our final point. Thank God we're not the Mavs. This is another dose of that perspective that we started with. Tonight, the Mavericks lose. You can guess to the Hornets. The Mavericks lose to the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte, who was undermanned and playing on the second night of a back-to-back against Dallas, who was well-rested, had Kyrie back in Dallas. Yikes, dog. 
117 to 109, the Mavs lose. They drop to 36 and 38. When you look at the standings and you look at the jockeying for position, thank God we're not the Mavs. Can you imagine if you had your quote unquote like franchise cornerstone? You had your flashy jaded superstar trade that we always talk about in Kyrie Irving and you have no flexibility to do anything else and you're looking up in the standings currently at the Oklahoma City Thunder who are just in it for funsies woof it's good perspective you could be a Mavs fan the Mavs are three and seven in their last 10 compared to Oklahoma City who's six and four they were seven and three coming into tonight Oklahoma City owns that tiebreaker as it currently stands, Oklahoma City's in the 10th seed. Mavs are on the outside looking in at 11. If the season ended like that, how do you how do you feel good about anything if you're a Mavs fan? So of everything else, we have big aspirations, hosting a play-in game, sneaking into number six, wherever your sights were set before these last two losses. Be glad you're not a Mavs fan because woof. I've already covered the upcoming schedule, so I don't need to do that. I'm going to scroll through the chat. We've got some degenerates uh, in the chat with us at 1240 in the morning on a, I guess, Saturday morning after a loss. Shout out to y'all for hanging in there, for being with us, making it so I'm not talking to myself in my guest room all by myself. Uh, Super swag kid. Mavs lost to Hornets. Makes me feel better about this. Exactly. Gebel. No Poku is why we lost. You know, I really thought we might see him tonight. He's had some solid showings for the blue. Would have liked to see him get in tonight. I bleed orange 13. Isaiah back-to-back zero-point games. Pain. No good. No good. Isaiah Joe needs to hit buckets. He's so good at hitting buckets. I need him to hit more buckets. Uh, KJ, how do Thunder get more physical going forward? A good question. I think that this team has shown the ability to get physical. They're just small. I think they've shown a lot of success playing small and defending bigger teams, especially with, with a guy like J-Dub. Kenny Hustle was a big part of that too, I feel like, and is his injury affects that. I feel like Saric, I don't know what's going on with Saric. And how he's fallen out of the rotation. I thought he was playing solid basketball. I feel like he can give you a little bit of a bigger presence down low. But I think overall, it's getting all five guys to pull in the same direction on defense, which did not happen tonight. That's going to improve their defensive performance. It's going to build up their physicality. I mean, we can see it. We see it on the offensive side of the ball. I didn't even talk about this, but Josh Giddy early on in this game, like hunting Dennis Schroeder. I need more of that. I need more of that from guys like Josh who have a height advantage, who have a size advantage to, to take advantage of that. Cause with the thunder lack in size down low, they have a lot of size on the perimeter. It's what makes their defense typically so good, but that can be used on the offensive end as well. Shout out Andrew Jankovitz in the chat. Who was at the game tonight and got Shay's autograph shook hands with clay Bennett, and Nick Gallo. Love to see it. Thunder fans worldwide. A shout out from Australia and our guy, Brian. Let's see what else. 
Vicken in the chat. Thunder would have probably won the game if they didn't have a throw slow start. They led 2-0 and then never led again. Definitely tough to come back. The Thunder don't like to make it easy. Hey, man, I need a break from Thunder basketball. Well, guess what? No game tomorrow. Enjoy some March Madness. The March Madness has been very good. Sunday at the Trailblazers, a probably tanking Trailblazers, 6 p.m. After that, 9 p.m. Central, make sure you join us for our weekly live show where we're going to talk all the big Thunder themes. We get the whole gang together. It's a blast. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Lots of big, important basketball games coming down the stretch. A feeling we've not felt in a long time as Thunder fans. We're so thankful to get to talk about it with all of you. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Thanks for supporting. And as always, Thunder Up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.